Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lotaki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lotaki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we travel under the sea for Disney's The Little Mermaid. You broke the rules. You went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't! He's a human. You're a mermaid. That doesn't make us enemies. A young mermaid makes a deal with a sea witch to trade her beautiful voice for human legs so she can discover the world above water and impress a prince. Written by David McGee and directed by Rob Marshall, The Little Mermaid stars Halle Bailey as Ariel, Jonah Howard King as Eric, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, Javier Bardem as King Triton, and features Noma Dumaswini, Art Malik, David Diggs, Jacob Tremblay, Aquafina, and Jessica Alexander. Let's start this off by saying that I actually enjoy the animated movie from 1989. The song were catchy, it was bright, fun, and everything that you want from an animated Disney film. But for some reason, Disney is making live-action remakes of all of their animated properties, and it just so happens to be the time for a live-action Little Mermaid. Story-wise, it is identical to the 1989 film. Now, there were some added scenes that boosted this movie's runtime to 135 minutes, up from the animated feature's runtime of 83 minutes, but those added or extended scenes didn't really change the story in any way or shape. Honestly, it started to feel a bit long, especially for a movie made for kids. During my screening, I couldn't help but notice the exasperated parents rushing off to the washroom with their littles every couple of minutes. No kid's movie needs to be this long. They really needed a better editor. Acting-wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag. While some actors were incredible, some seemingly mailed it in a little. Melissa McCarthy was absolutely perfect for her role, and despite me thinking otherwise at the start of the movie, I started to come around on Jonah Howard King's portrayal of Eric. But let's talk about the controversial choice of Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey was far and away the best singer in the movie, hands down. Her rendition of Part of Your World was so well done that this movie actually went up an entire grade point from that song alone. Plus, the scenes where she has no voice, she's still able to communicate perfectly using her body language and expression. Sebastian has a ton of personality, but he's very clearly not based on a real crab from his lower half to his top half. And Flounder is a bit off-putting. Animated Flounder was adorable and goofy, while this version is a bit aloof, he loses a ton of his personality due to being a CGI model of an actual fish. In my opinion, they would have been better off just making both fully animated characters. Musically, this movie is a Disney musical. The songs are a mix of the songs that you know and love, with some rewrites, but also some new songs from Hamilton's Lin-Manuel Miranda. And while I've read some mixed reviews on the new track, it's important to remember that they were trying to play to a few different audiences here, and guess what? Rapping isn't for everyone, so you may not like Scuttlebutt, but hey, I bet you loved Wild Uncharted Waters. Overall, The Little Mermaid is not as bad as some people are trying to say it is. While I definitely agree that the live-action remake phase that Disney is currently in isn't entirely necessary, I also understand trying to refresh these movies for modern audiences and a new generation of kids. When we walked out of the theater, both Dave and I agreed that this movie was way
way better than we were expecting it to be. But truth be told, I wasn't expecting a lot. So here's my suggestion. If you liked or loved The Little Mermaid from 1989, go watch this live action remake. You'll sing along in your seat. You'll enjoy the nostalgic visuals and you'll love some of the new voices and new songs. You may not love everything about this movie, but that's the fun part about going on a cinematic adventure. I certainly had my gripes with this film, but I still enjoyed it. I give The Little Mermaid a B. It feels like summer, so you best get that mop dialed in with a fresh cut. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with a new trailer. Coming soon to a motion picture theater near you. For the upcoming Barbie film from Greta Gerwig. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Is Barbie if you still in doubt? The Barbie movie, which stars Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon, Michael Sarah, Ariana Greenblatt, Issa Rae, Thea Perlman, and Will Ferrell, has the following synopsis. To live in Barbie land is to be perfect being in a perfect place, unless you have a full-on existential crisis or you're a Ken. Barbie releases in theaters on July 21st of 2023. Over in the land of casting, it has been confirmed that Rhea Seahorn, best known for her role of Kim Wexler and Better Call Saul, has officially joined the cast of the upcoming Bad Boys 4. Bad Boys 4 will star Will Smith and Martin Lawrence reprising their roles from the series and will once again be directed by Adil El Arbi and Balil Falah, who directed Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys, Bad Boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Bad Boys 4 does not have a release date, but is currently shooting in Atlanta. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina actress Adeline Rudolph has joined the upcoming Mortal Kombat 2 and will be playing the character of Katana. She joins Tati Gabrielle, who is also in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, who will be playing Jade in the follow-up to director Simon McQuaid's 2021 movie. McQuaid will once again be directing the film, which will also feature Carl Urban as Hollywood misfit fighter Johnny Cage. Over in the rumor mill, director James Cameron has confirmed that he is actually writing a new Terminator movie movie. This past week, Cameron appeared as a guest speaker at the 2023 Dell Technologies World Conference, and during his panel, he revealed that three months ago, he started writing a new film. He continued to say that he's currently put the script on pause as he's waiting to see how AI shakes out before he goes any further. During a recent interview, franchise mainstay Arnold Schwarzenegger did confirm that he believes that the series will continue, although that he is done. He said, quote, the franchise is not done. I'm done. I got the message loud and clear that the world wants to move on with a different theme when it comes to the Terminator. Over at Lionsgate, following the incredible reaction to John Wick Chapter 4, Lionsgate is confirming that they do have plans for a follow-up and are in early development for
for a John Wick 5. I'm thinking I'm back. During Lionsgate's Q4 2023 earnings call, Drake was quoted as saying, we're now moving across that franchise, not just in the AAA video game space, but looking at what the regular cadence of spinoffs, television really growing that universe so that there's a steady cadence of a franchise that there's clear appetite by the audience. What is official is that, as you know, Ballerina is the first spinoff that comes out next year. We're in development on three others, including John Wick 5 and including television series The Continental, which will be airing soon. And so we're building out the world, and when that five movie comes, we'll be organic. We'll be organically grown out of how we're starting to tell those stories, but you can rely on regular cadence of John Wick. Ballerina is a spinoff that will feature Anna de Armas in the lead role, stemming from the Russian Ballet Academy that was featured in Chapter 3. The Russian Ballet Academy is tied to the house of the family which assassin John Wick belongs to. The film is said to take place between Chapters 3 and Chapter 4, and will also have Keanu's character featured. Ballerina will also be the final appearance of Lance Reddick as Sharon, the Continental's trusty concierge. Reddick tragically passed away just before John Wick Chapter 4 made its American debut. Over in the world of production, it has been confirmed that Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool 3 has officially begun shooting, although there is a bit of a caveat. Due to the ongoing writer's strike, it has been confirmed that Ryan Reynolds will not be legally allowed to improvise any lines. While pre-planned projects can proceed and are heading into production, there are certain union stipulations that have the potential to inhibit certain filming aspects. And while there are no rules against actors improvising lines, there are strict guidelines on writers not being able to change lines during the filming process while the strike is in effect, and Reynolds is officially credited as a writer on Deadpool 3. It should be noted that Reynolds is also a producer on the film, which also throws a wrench into the method as multi-hyphenate positions like writer-producers have been asked not to contribute anything writer-like during the strike. You think the studio would throw us a bone? One that doesn't end up in my mouth. Actor Will Ferrell is currently in talks to play NFL coach John Madden in an upcoming biopic. The project, which is being detailed by Deadline, is said to be based on a script by Cameron Clark, which was named to the blacklist last year. Madden picks up with the legendarily fiery coach after his exit from the NFL as he teams with Electronic Arts to become the unlikely co-creator of a pioneering video game franchise. Deadline is reporting that Matt Barry from What We Do in the Shadows is in negotiations to star in the Minecraft movie along alongside Jason Momoa. Details about the movie are still being kept under wraps, as is the role that Matt Barry would be playing. Minecraft allows explorers to explore a blocky, procedurally generated 3D world where they can mine and extract raw materials to craft tools and build anything that their imagination can conjure up. While speaking with Valuetainment, the world's most dangerous man, Mike Tyson, has said that there's still a chance that Jamie Foxx will be playing him in an upcoming biopic. He said, quote, it was a possibility. You know, I don't want to know what's going to happen now, but you know, it's a strong possibility. Jamie's closer to to my age, so in order to do him, they were going to do what they did with Benjamin Button. They were going to make him look younger. In 2020, Jamie Foxx had taken to his Instagram to post pictures of his progress in building his body to be more like Mike Tyson's. Over in the land of the stars, during a recent interview with Esquire, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, was asked about possibly being recasted in the Star Wars universe. He said, quote, people say, oh, now you're going to be able to do a whole series of Luke post-Return of the Jedi. I said, I don't think so. First of all, they don't need to tell those stories, but if they do, they can get an age of appropriate actor. It would certainly cut down on costs as Hamill added that the digital Luke Skywalker can't be cheap. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy recently told the Dagobah Dispatch podcast that Obi-Wan Kenobi could still return and perhaps even in a movie. She said, quote, I always hesitate to say no to more Obi-Wan Kenobi. Maybe we end up doing something that gets incorporated into some of the other stories that we're doing or eventually into a movie, but who knows? But right now, it's still our standard standalone limited series and we have no plans for expansion right now. Meanwhile, during a recent interview 
with British GQ, Ewan McGregor had said, quote, I really hope we do another. If I could do one of these every now and again, I'd just be happy about it. Hayden Christensen, who played Vader, told Radio Times, quote, I would love to continue with this character. You know, I think there's certainly more there to explore, and I would be so excited to get to do so. Director Quentin Tarantino pulled no punches when he spoke recently about streaming movies. During a conversation with Deadline, Tarantino said, quote, I mean, and I'm not picking on anybody, but apparently for Netflix, Ryan Reynolds has made $50 million on this movie and $50 million on that movie and $50 million on the next movie for them. I don't know what any of those movies are. I've never seen them. Have you? I haven't ever talked to Ryan Reynolds' agent, but his agent is like, well, it costs $50 million. Well, good for him that he's making so much money, but those movies don't exist in the zeitgeist. It's almost like they don't even exist. Tarantino's dislike for streaming services is why he's likely doing his last movie with Sony. He said, quote, I'm probably going to do the movie with Sony because they're the last game in town that is just absolutely utterly committed to the theatrical experience. It's not about feeding their streaming network. They're committed to the theatrical experience. They judge success by asses on seats, and they judge success by the movies entering the zeitgeist, not just making a big expensive movie, then putting it on your streaming platform. No one even knows it's there. Tarantino's final movie is expected to be called The Movie Critic and will be set in 1977 California and is based on a guy who really lived but was never really famous and he used to write movie reviews for a porno rag. Moving to the small screen... Apple TV Plus has released a teaser trailer for their upcoming new series titled Hijack, starring Idris Elba. Stay in your seats! Get down! No! Get down! Plane beard, of course. Someone is calling for help. What exactly does your dad do for a living? It's difficult to explain. Sam's the best at handling it. Handling what? The negotiation. Let me make you an offer. There's other stuff going down. Five passengers on that plane do not exist. It's a network running all across Europe. To them, we're an incoming missile. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the action takes place in real time over the course of the seven-hour flight from Dubai to London. The clock starts ticking as Sam, played by Idris Elba, tries first to negotiate and then outsmart the terrorists, but in doing so, uncovers a larger conspiracy. On the ground in London, a counter-terrorism team led by Archie Punjabi from The Good Wife becomes embroiled in the investigation and scrambles to find answers before passengers start dying. Hijack takes flight on Apple TV Plus on June 28th. Over at HBO, HBO drama chief Francesca Orsi has confirmed to Deadline that season two of The Last of Us is expected to premiere in 2025. Orsi added, quote, There will be a couple new pieces of casting which I can't get into, and of course, there isn't much that we can go into in The Last of Us given that showrunner Craig Mazin can't really initiate in a meaningful way from a writing or casting standpoint. But he and Neil Druckmann have a good sense of what it is that he's going to be taking on. We'll be moving the show from Calgary to Vancouver. All I can say is he's taking a big swing from both an entertainment standpoint related to the clickers, but also just more nuanced complex character dynamic between our characters Joel, Ellie, and beyond. Over at Netflix, actor Dolph Lundgren has said that he is currently in South Africa shooting a spin-off series of The Witcher. While his role in the project is currently a mystery, many believe that The Witcher spin-off series focuses on the Rats, a team of young mischief makers who join forces after the war on the continent disrupts their lives. When The Witcher returns for its third season, the story will focus on Andrzej Sapkowski's third book in the series, Time of Contempt. This plot introduces the Rats, setting up the group for an adventure in another series. The Witcher spin-off is a prequel depicting how the 
gang entered a life of crime. While Lundgren is too old to be a part of the Rats, he could be playing Leo Bonart, a bounty hunter that's featured in the story. If that's the character he's playing, Netflix could include him in the season 3 of The Witcher, seeing as he crosses paths with Ciri on several locations. Lundgren recently revealed that he's been battling cancer for the past eight years. During a nationally syndicated interview on In-Depth with Graham Bensinger, Lundgren said that he'd been diagnosed with lung cancer in 2015. While he says he went into remission, the cancer returned with a vengeance in 2020. His doctor gave him a terminal diagnosis, stating that he only had two to three years left to live. When the actor's cancer returned, his fiancée, Emma Crockdall, said that doctors found tumors in his lungs, spine, and kidneys. He made peace with the diagnosis, thinking that he would die within the finite period. Thankfully, the report has a bit of a silver lining, and that Lundgren had sought out a second opinion from Dr. Alexandra Drakaki, who worked alongside the Swedish actor in order to shrink the tumors. Lundgren is open about his use of steroids several years ago, and questions that the muscle-enhancing drugs played a part in his condition. Marvel's The Eternals director Chloe Zhao was recently tapped by Blizzard Entertainment to direct a live-action trailer for their upcoming video game release, Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is set in the dark world of Sanctuary, a realm that has been besieged by horrific monsters while the high heavens and the burning hells wage destructive battles against each other. Saviors Wanted captures the immersive and dark world that is the series is known for and delivers the kind of cinematic drama that exists within the game. With a gripping story that interweaves emotion and humanity into the game's characters, the promotional film takes viewers on a journey of destruction at the hands of Lilith, the blessed mother determined to rule over Sanctuary once more. Diablo 4 releases on PC and consoles on June 6th. And finally, we end on the sad news that actor Ray Stevenson, best known for his roles in Marvel's Thor series, RRR, Divergent, Vikings, and more, died last weekend while in Italy. Just in April, Stevenson embraced fans at Star Wars Celebration, where he'll be featured in the upcoming Ahsoka series, playing one of the primary antagonists, Balin Skull. Stevenson expressed his gratitude for playing in the Star Wars universe by saying, quote, getting to wield the lightsaber is just the best feeling in the world. The first time they handed it to me for a camera test, I couldn't help myself. I made the noise. While many know Stevenson as Volstagg from the Marvel's Thor series, he was also a Marvel double dipper, having played Frank Castle in 2008's Punisher Warzone, voiced Gar Saxon for Star Wars The Clone Wars and in Rebels, played Marcus in the Divergent series, as well as Othir in Vikings. Ray Stevenson was 58 years of age. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC, and be sure to download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, you shouldn't have to give up your voice to be heard. Thank you.